Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings, Mets fans, and welcome to this week's edition of Amazing Avenue Audio, the official podcast of SB Nation's New York Mets site, Amazing Avenue. I'm your host, Chris McShane, uh, at least for the first half of the episode. We've got a bit of a unique episode here with an interview between me and Carl Ravitch, who is on the play-by-play call on the national broadcast for ESPN on Monday night as the Mets host the Marlins for the first game of a three-game series. And then after that, we'll jump over to Greg and Jeff, who have had an interesting weekend in Binghamton, New York, where the weather has not been so great. So without further ado, here's the interview with Carl Ravitch. So joining us now on Amazing Avenue Audio is the longtime host of Baseball Tonight on ESPN, and he's one of the play-by-play announcers for their Major League Baseball coverage, uh, Carl Ravitch. You certainly know him. From those roles and his time at Sports Center, and uh, he's calling the Mets game on Monday night against the Marlins. Carl, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks very much for having me, and looking forward to uh, Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. So this is your first Mets game that you're working this year, and uh, it's kind of an interesting pitching matchup. You have Stephen Matz, who's you know 
burst onto the scene last year, one of the additions to the rotation that the Mets have had uh, over the last few years. And the Marlins are slated to start Jared Cozart, uh, who, like Mets, was a highly regarded prospect, but he hasn't panned out as much. So what are you looking for, for from uh, those two guys in this game? Well, it, I had a chance to spend uh, a couple of uh, days with the Mets, first for just spring training for our sports center coverage, and then uh, did a game with them. But, you know, one thing that kind of jumps out at you is we were watching the batting uh, practice of pitchers during during an early round of BP, and Mats was killing the ball, and Harvey was hitting it, Cologne was even making contact, and Syndergaard struggled for a round, and he came out of the cage and he threw his bat, which shows you how how competitive the group is, and that, I think, speaks to what you expect from Mats and Harvey and Syndergaard. And any time that any one of those guys, you know, DeGrom gets on the mound, they're competing, you know, for the Mets, they're competing against their own pitchers, and they're competing against themselves. So I, I, we have, you know, we, I think we collectively as a baseball tonight show and nationally look at the Mets as a, as a huge favorite to win the uh, either wild card or division, and that's just one of the main reasons. You know, he, he can be a DH on a lot of teams. He squares every ball up, but he's a heck of a hitter. And uh, you're right about Cozart. He's, he has the stuff to be very good. He's just dealt with some injuries. And, uh, assuming that they don't need a long guy today, he's going to be the starter tomorrow. So he, it, it has the ability to be a good pitching matchup. But as you know, any time that the Mets are playing, at least one half of the pitching matchup is going to be good. So we're I'm looking forward to seeing the pitch part. Yeah, one of the things I've been saying about this rotation uh, to people is that, you know, if the Mets are home and you're looking to go to a game, you have an 80% chance of seeing an ace caliber pitcher. And on the off chance that you don't, you're getting to see Bartolo Colon. Who, uh, right. Is, so all he does is throw strikes and pitches really well. And I, and I tell you one thing, I know that the other four guys and Wheeler, when he's when he's out there and throwing, they, they watch him and they marvel at what he does. I mean, you, you talk to most of the players and pitchers on that team, and the ability of Cologne to locate his fastball and still get guys out and seemingly be uh, almost ambivalent to everything that's going on around him, there is, there is a bit of an admiration for what he's been able to accomplish and, and the fact that he continues to accomplish it. So you're, you're right. You, you've got a chance to see an ace or a Cy Young uh, candidate, and then he goes out and just is, is the most valuable fifth or sixth pitcher on any staff. Yeah, and it seemed like one of the reasons that the Mets wanted to keep him around was was what you just brought up, that, you know, that ability he has to sort of teach the other guys. And, you know, Dan Worthen certainly has gotten a lot of attention for being a good or great pitching coach over the last few years as all these guys have come up. But uh, but you hear, you know, individual stories of guys who hang around Bartolo and sort of just try to absorb as much as they can. There's something to be said for the versatility of a guy like Cologne, and I think I think we all understand that the guys that wear the uniforms, and this is a this is a no way a you know a, a disrespect to Worthen, but the guys that are in the uniforms at the time that the other guys are always will be looked on as as a source of education, and you know Cologne is one of those clubhouse guys that when you when you just kind of witness it, he usually has somebody or more than one guy hanging around with them. You know, Mats and Syndergaard hang out together. They're, they're, a, they're a close-knit group, and as, and as old as Cologne is relative to the, you know, the 24-, 5-, and 6-year-old guys, they uh, they do relate to each other on a level that none of us can relate to because they wear the uniform, 
and they get on the mound. And just just Bartolo's throwing his fastball uh, in virtually every count and every opportunity is a huge lesson for these guys. Even though their secondary stuff is so good, you you can get away with an 88 mile an hour fastball if you locate it, move it around, and uh, you know Cologne's made a made a career out of it. And uh, again, I. I think he's as valuable a fifth or sixth starter as there is in Major League Baseball. He rarely, if ever, gets hurt. He always makes his starts, uh, and, and he wins. It's it's an ideal combination. Red Sox had that with Tim Wakefield for a long time, in that you could count on the guy basically to do whatever you needed him to do. Start for the most part, but if you needed a guy out of the bullpen, he would be dependable. And that's that's who that's who Cologne is. Wakefield signed four million dollar deals a number of times to extend his career. That's that's where Cologne is with the Mets, just a little more expensive. Yeah, yeah, that that's uh that's definitely a great comparison. And I know this rotation rightfully gets tons and tons of attention, but uh the lineup top to bottom looks pretty good, you know. It might not be uh Toronto's lineup, say, but it's a bunch of above average hitters uh for their positions 1 through 8. Which Mets hitters, uh, if there are any specific ones, are you going to be looking at? You know, in your first look at them in, in a real game here. Well, I, I think everybody's discussed it. I think everybody understands that David Wright is kind of a huge X factor to the lineup because of his back and and where that goes. It's it's only been you know four or five games here. Where Anderson has struggled, Wright has struggled, uh, but I I do like the lineup. I, I really am a as a uh, kind of a huge proponent of what the Mets, what the Mets are because of their pitching, but the lineup with Conforto having another year under his belt, really liked what he did last year. Watched him in college, uh, saw him at the World Series a number of times. Um, I, I like the lineup, you know, I really do. I, I think, but I think a lot of it depends on Wright because he's hitting in such a crucial spot, and his ability to get the bat in the ball, move runners over, uh, and stay on the field is is huge. And if, if it comes a time where they decide he can't. Uh, we'll we'll see a bit of a different lineup, and I think probably the one we may see more than than the one with David in it. I'm a little worried that when Wright stops playing, he stops playing for the year. But we'll we'll see. He's an X factor to me, David. All the other guys I think are are capable of hitting. And Cespedes will get hot and he'll get cold. You know, he'll have his his hot streaks and his cold streaks. Right. Yeah. The. Uh... The 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 run he went on when they first acquired him in the trade. Oh, last it's crazy! Year. Yeah, so uh, as long as nobody has that expectation uh, of him doing that over the course of a full season, I think. But I will say this: I, you know, t- talking with Terry at spring training, everybody looked at what um, Cespedes did, and he makes the point that when Kelly Johnson and Uribe showed up, that was another huge turning point for the Mets. It wasn't just what Cespedes did; there were. There were other guys that were contributing, and people tend to forget that. And that's how the manager looks at it a little differently than than fans do. So he, he was quick to point out that Uribe and Kelly Johnson extended their bench and made them a much better team, as opposed to just, well, we were nowhere without Cespedes. And I think it's something that they look, they don't have that this year, but they do have good depth. Uh, it'll be, it's a good watch to see what Uribe does in Cleveland. It's a good pickup by the Indians because he's a, he's a huge, clubhouse presence and he's a he's just a veteran clutch player so that was that was one thing that i think kind of got overlooked last year or understated the value of the other people that showed up when cespedes did oh yeah we definitely agree um and to that point were you surprised that they didn't bring your back when it seemed like 
the plan was probably all along that, that they were going to let Tejada go? Uh, a little bit. I was a little – I mean, I, I I think the world of Sandy, I really do. I think he's he's smarter than he's given credit for a lot of times in New York. Um, but the, the, the way that they – designed their infield uh it seems like it left them a little vulnerable and they have a lot of what appear to be similar guys so Uribe being who he is uh, you know the Mets may not have wanted to match the offer that he ultimately got from Cleveland I I can't tell you that I know that most most people that I speak with like having a guy like Uribe and in particular would like to have Uribe on their team so I was a little bit surprised by it but uh you know, Sandy's construction of that team, I think the one thing that I would have wondered about was was the way that they they sort of stacked their roster on the infield. But again, it worked last year. They got to the World Series with the personnel that, that, they, that they decided to go with, and I, I wouldn't doubt him again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, sort of a, a broadcasting question. So, you know, these Monday night games – you, uh, you obviously you're very familiar with the Mets and, and all of the teams in the game, but uh, you know the, you have local networks carrying the games, and you guys are doing the national things. So, is there anything that you specifically try to do when you have a, a game like this, these Monday night games, to uh, you know to explore the teams, get the national audience a little more familiar? Well, I win? think I mean I think you, yeah, I think you try to throw. I think you do try to throw a national tilt towards it. I think that the attention to um, the other games that are relevant to, especially in this case on Monday night, the National League East, and what, uh, you know, have discussions about Bryce Harper, have discussions about historically great pitching staffs, uh, have the perspective of a guy that's won World Series games like Schilling, who has a relationship with RV and others, uh, bring a guy that's actually working for the Marlins broadcast into the booth, Eduardo Perez, uh, who knows that team as well as anybody. I, I think that you get a Especially in this case. I mean, Monday night's unique for us because Eduardo actually does work for the Marlins and has spent the last couple of days with them. Probably would be able to give better context to the opponent for the Mets than anybody else would because he's been around them daily now for about three or four or five days and speaks with Mattingly and speaks with Barry Bonds and speaks with Yelich and knows Stanton. So Monday night in particular, we're, we're really kind of uniquely blessed to have a guy like Eduardo in the booth because he knows the Mets opponents so well. So um, beyond the obvious national perspective on on a local game like the Mets and the Marlins, it's a unique opportunity for us because of the Mets World Series appearance last year, uh, because of what could potentially be a historically great pitching staff. Uh, you know, they, they now, they, they, they resonate across the country. So the two things that we have working for us are, are that broader perspective and as well as a, a real good local book with Eduardo having just been with the Marlins for so long. So it's a it's a uniquely you know good position for us to be in on Monday. All right. Well, that, that sounds good. And uh, last quick thing before you go. Uh, obviously, we're primarily focused on the Mets, but the Marlins yeah. are sort of in this interesting spot. So yeah, it, it's a nice... Uh, Segway, having talked to him, what what's your feel on the Marlins? You know, obviously we have the Phillies and Braves in the division, uh, and everybody knows they're sort of at the bottom of their rebuild, but they both have prospects that might make a big difference. I don't, that perception isn't really there with the Marlins. They seem more kind of stuck in the middle. Uh, what, is that similar to what you I think the Yeah, I think the Marlins feel like they, they can be 
better than stuck in the middle if they stay healthy. They, they believe they'll catch the ball, and I do too, as well as the Kansas City Royals. Their defense up the middle is outstanding. Uh, Jose Fernandez is as good as anybody that starts for the New York Mets. Um, but the problem is, is their is their pitching depth. And again, you, when you compare it, when you compare it to the Mets, you, you're going to lose because nobody in baseball has the depth and the quality depth that the Mets do. So, uh, using that as sort of a jumping off point, it's really difficult to say that this team can be as good. That's why the Mets are favored to get to the postseason by a lot of people, and if, and if not, go deep into a World Series. But I think that the Marlins have an edge defensively. I think the Marlins uh, have the power hitter that Stanton prevents that, that the Mets don't have right now. And I think if they allow teams to put the ball in play and make it on base and let D. Gordon run around and let the Boar and some of the other big boys knock them around, they won't be a fun team to play, especially on the night Fernandez pitches. But this is an important game tomorrow night because of Cozart. You know, you've got you've got to be able to – keep the other team from scoring a lot and the Mets haven't been scoring a lot so while you have what appears to be a pitching matchup that favors Mets um, it, it just wouldn't surprise me any series the Marlins play to go in and see them win two out of three they're they're in the middle of the pack but they're better than the middle of the pack in the division team all right well uh, Carl thanks again for coming on and joining us and uh, and we look forward to listening and watching this year and uh and maybe we'll catch up with you again soon if the mets uh, remain relevant uh throughout the they will season. they will stay <laughs> they'll stay relevant and let's hope we do we appreciate the uh, call anytime all right We'll just roll with this and see how it goes. Okay. I don't know. Alright. It's kind of weird to introduce it in what's going to be the middle of the show, but I guess I should still do the introduction. Is it going to be second? Yeah, I can't put this first. Okay. Get Carl Ravitch on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Salutations, Mets fans, and welcome to episode 180 of Amazing Avenue Audio. You might already know this, but it is still the weekly podcast. Official podcast. That's how I usually say it, right? I think so. Of your SB Nation, New York Mets site of Mason Avenue. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. With me this week is Greg Karam in the Comfort Inn in Binghamton, New York. Greg, we've had quite the exciting day. It's, it's been one of the most exciting days of my year. It's a short year. Yeah, it's true. In April, we're yeah. a third of the way through the you know, fourth mm-hmm. quarter, quarter way through the year, a little more than. Yeah. So Greg and I are up in Binghamton to watch the Binghamton Mets play the New Hampshire Fisher Cats this weekend. It's Saturday night, and we have yet to see a uh, baseball game. (laughs) There was some snow. The game got banged. We've opened up since 5.30 in the morning. It's now almost 11. And we decided to podcast because Chris McShane messaged me last night, wondering when the podcast would be, to see if he could append his interview with Carl Ravitch, which is really cool, if, if I'm honest. Yeah, if, I mean... That's if, a cool thing. If it's true. I assume, I don't think... If they've gotten to this point, it must be true. Sure. <laughs> so what have, what have we missed? What has our audience missed today in our day, Craig Karam? 
You know, uh, we got up here. We're very hopeful of attending a baseball game. It was snowing very heavily when we got our press passes. We decided to get a cup of coffee. We got got press passes. That was very cool. I got here and I got like spotty LTE coverage, so I lost the feed on my Wednesday player. And I got here and Wednesday was down two nothing, and they were down four nothing. They lost four one. So they're still five points clear of the playoffs with five to play. So I got that going for me. And the game got banged while we were drinking coffee. Yep. And we've kind of been drinking since then. Yeah. Other things than our coffee. <laughs> I've had a cup of coffee. I've not had a drop of caffeine. But have perhaps had other things. Watched a little bit of the Mets game the last couple innings. Yeah, sadly. Because the bar we were at had direct TV and couldn't get picks 11. I see the Braves. The Braves are so bad. It's not bad. Comically to, bad. Comically bad. We had to like, go on to MLB at bat to figure out who their third baseman was. And it was a dude, Adonis Garcia. Adonis. Adonis, the Adonis. Adonis, Adonis Garcia. A, must be a Creed fan. Yeah. Wait, what? You haven't seen Creed? Creed? Yeah. Oh, the movie. Sorry. I thought you were talking about the band for a no. second there. <laughs> I know, we were just listening to your serious lithium on the way back from the bar. So. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that would fit. For long-time listeners of the show, I finally got to have a drink inside the ground round in Johnson City. That was exciting. We met up with uh, long-time listener Joe Z. Yeah, nice had a guy. few beers. He's a very nice guy. Yeah. Learned some things about the history of the Binghamton industry, which I know you wanted to know. You were very yeah. curious. You drove around the city this morning before I did, we met up. I did, I did. What are your impressions of Binghamton? Uh, you know, I mean, it's obviously a city that used to be thriving, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my comp's always been that, like, all these Eastern League cities are kind of the same. I mean, even, even Hartford, to a certain extent, I guess, now that the, the Connecticut team's in Hartford, but, like, Manchester, New Hampshire, and Scranton, and Binghamton, and I haven't been to Bowie, so I can't really speak of Bowie. I imagine Trenton's about the same. I mean, I've been through Trenton, but I haven't about Trenton. Yeah. I was driving up through here, you know, drove through Scranton, stuff like that. Just like, How did you end up driving through Scranton coming from I the city? Up, I come up, I take eight, yeah, and come yeah, up, you know, you drive through gotcha, Scranton. Yeah. Uh, you stayed off 17, which is just one giant yeah. speed trap. You know, they had a bunch of industry here. You know, yeah. Like I was saying, steel in Scranton, I yeah. think. IBM, apparently, as we learned in IBM, Binghamton. IBM yeah. started here. I learned that today. And then, you know, I was not watching baseball. <laughs> yeah, took off. Watched a little bit of the Yankees game, too. I see Carlos Beltran. Carlos uh, Beltran hit a bomb. Hit a bomb, yeah. CeCe Sabathia is CeCe Sabathia is, is large. Large man. Might be more because he's tall. That's true. It's a big man. We should see a game tomorrow. Tyler Pill against whoever's starting for New Hampshire. I looked this up at some point and knew it. It's either the 27-year-old or the 31-year-old. I don't remember which. But what are you looking forward to tomorrow? What do you want to see tomorrow? Well, number one, I want to see Dom Smith. I want to watch his BP. Mm-hmm. I want to see what's there. Uh, I want to see him take some at-bats. See how he's looking this year. See if he's, uh, I don't know, changed anything from the past couple of years. And then also... I'm definitely excited to see uh, Jeff McNeil. And his 35 pounds of muscle. I got to see this because, I mean, I've seen some pictures, but, you know, putting your own eyes on it is going to make a different picture in your head. So, um, But I also want to see, like, if that translates into game power, which mm-hmm. it has so far. I mean, in just one game, obviously, but he had a home run and a home doubles, run, so. double off a lefty. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. You know, I mean, and that's the type of guy, he starts hitting for some power. It changes there, the profile. There's a profile there. You know, with his contact ability. So those are, I mean, those are the two things I'm most excited about. There's really not much else. No, I mean, I mean, I wrote the Eastern, uh, the Binghamton preview, and 
I, I kind of made my point there. It was just there's not that many interesting. I booked this there. trip on the assumption that both Anthony Alford and, and Ahmed Rosario would be here and yeah. Yeah, work out so well. Yeah. Robert Gazelman reportedly touching 98. That's exciting. That's very exciting. That changes the conversation. That's one of the... You run that down tomorrow and see how hot the stadium gun is and figure out if it was a charter's gun. If there's any scouts coming out for this, whatever weather it is. They could have gotten this game in. Let's be clear. It was stopped snowing by the time we left An hour after the coffee shop. The, the scheduled game time. Yes. They would have been fine. They would have been fine, yeah. But it happens. Yeah. It's the way it goes. Such is life. Welcome to, welcome to hashtag scouting, Greg Caro. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting... <laughs> You're getting the full experience today, yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Oh. Do you have any impressions from the uh, Mets game? Familia pitched out of it pretty well, the jam yeah, in the... Yeah, he pitched out of the jam pretty well. In the night that we saw in the ground round, because they actually they had picks 11. They're not really hitting so far. It's shitty weather. It's, I can't yeah, get crazy like about it. I know. Um, I'm not getting... I'm not concerned. It's You're just, not concerned, no. It's just... You know, I just wish they did. I wish they won today. Yeah, it's be nice. Yeah, it's bothering you. They win two and two. The two and two is bothering you. It's, it's on bothering pace for eighty one and eighty one. I wanted them to beat the Phillies like, yeah, every yeah. time. Can't always get what we want. Yeah, I know. Still, they have the chance of beating the Braves every time or the Marlins. So, how was your drive up in the snow and your soft top, soft top BW plug computer convertible, Greg? Let's be clear. <laughs> this is not my car. I don't own a car. I haven't owned a car in ten years. So I had to borrow my parents' car, and the only car available was a red Volkswagen <laughs> Bug. It's a good look. It's a good look. It's a good look, yeah. It's a good look. But, uh, yeah. Smooth ride. Smooth ride. It wasn't that bad, actually. No one was on the road at 7 o'clock <laughs> in the morning coming up to Binghamton, New York. Uh, yeah. I had a similar experience. It's up at 5.30, left my house by a little after 6.00. Stopped and got gas. McDonald's got coffee, egg McMuffin. As you do. 84 to 17, and it's a lot of driving. Listen to the Wednesday Week podcast. Got excited for the Bristol City game before they lost 4 1 to Bristol City. <laughs> got their asses kicked, huh? Yeah, it's not pretty. It happens. Bad day at the office. Yeah. They've lost, like, their three worst losses this year against uh, Bristol City's. Out of the drop zone now, but they also lost on the road to MK Dons, who's going down, and they lost on the road to Charlton, who's going down. So it's not, it's not. Those it's are not bad great. losses. Those are bad losses. Absolutely, I agree with you. Still five points clear of the playoffs with five to go, though. So just keep on keeping on. Playoffs would be fun. It would be. Not very much else. Yeah. Yeah. You got to see the Lost Dog Cafe. Lost Dog Cafe was lived up to the hype. Yeah. Uh, Definitely like kind of the college townish type of place, you know, get a sandwich, get a beer. Um, that was a good recommendation. Yeah. I don't have much else. No, I don't think so. Do we have impression? more to say after we actually see a baseball game? That would be nice. Yeah. I came up with the assumption I get like, you know. Some content. Some content. Hashtag yeah. content, man. Yeah. That drives the uh, that drives the bus. Do you have any emails? I don't think we can so. answer. I don't Should think we do either. Maybe one. I've been keeping an eye maybe on maybe it. one. I haven't checked my email recently. Oh, I got put in the uh, Wi-Fi code again. Oh yeah. Thomas Micklewraith pitched well tonight. Yeah, no the hit. Columbia Fireflies. Six, no hitter through six. six, six yeah. no hit innings. 
see what we got. I don't remember any emails. It's only been a few days since our last show. I don't know why we're doing this. I say that every week, though, so. If anything starred, I'm usually pretty good about. Nope, nothing starred, no emails. Yeah, well. Cheers for me, didn't throw in a breaking ball in the entire uh, appearance tonight. It's a little weird. You worried? I don't know that I'm worried. It's a little It's one of those games where it's April and the weather's shitty and mm. it's tough to really to get uh, out of get the a, Yeah. It's two seamer. I mean. Yeah, it's a great pitch. It's like an 80 two seam fastball, you know. You can do worse. It's a good pitch. No, I don't disagree with you. It's a very good pitch. It's a good pitcher. Potentially the best reliever in baseball I may have written a few hundred words about. Bold prediction. It's a bold prediction. It's very bold. Yeah. We're all going to see Binghamton. I'm in Lakewood next week. And New York City for the Derby game after that. I'm back in New Hampshire for... That's why I'm not fried, because I get to see him again at the end of the month. Still with probably no Ahmed Rosario or Anthony Alford. Yeah. I probably won't get another chance for a while, mm, unfortunately. Again, welcome. I I had such good luck with weather last year. I guess it was bound to run out at a certain point. 2014 was a bad weather year for me. Cost me Matt Sanyanoa in New Britain. Poured. It's a bad break. Yeah. It's Waco's. Waco's. Yeah. Hartford would have been home this weekend against Richmond with Sensatella pitching and three top 100 prospects. They can build their stadium on time. They can't. So here I am in the Comfort Inn in Binghamton. That's what happens when you try to build the stadium in a cold weather, you know. The winter wasn't that bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't. Columbia got their stadium in time. Maybe one snowstorm. Yeah, really. One bad storm. They're running out of excuses. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Wish I had a firm report on Gazelman's velocity and how Jeff McNeil looks, but it's been a long day. We'll have it next week. <laughs> we will eventually. It's actually a good segue. I should have just let you, like... <laughs> we'll have that report next week on another edition of Amazing Avenue Audio. <laughs> <laughs>